He walked easily, too, and without great exertion. His body was a strong, vigorous machine which the moor had developed and sustained. He wore an anorak over a wool sweater and a polo neck, and he wore tough cord jeans and walking boots. He was twenty-nine, but he looked younger because his hair was fine and very dark and his skin a fresh white and red. On the cold air, as he made his way down, his breath blew like smoke. The clock on the tower of St. Michael in the Moor chimed to nine as he came onto the road. The milkman's van was on the green. Mrs. Southworth from the hall was at the pillar box posting a letter. He walked on, away from the green and the houses, up the bit of the Jackley Road from which Tace Way turned off. The council houses of fudge-coloured brick stood in two rows and a horseshoe shape with a screen of Leyland cypresses hiding them from the village. The moor was all round the saucer in which Chesney lay, but the best views of it were from his house, the last house before the road curved round. Lynn's mother, still in a dressing gown, was watching from her downstairs window. She waved, and he waved back. He waved too at Kevin Simpson, who was getting his car out. He waved and grinned as if nothing had happened. The wind came whipping off the moor and bent the cypresses as if they were blades of grass. Lynn heard his feet in the sideway and opened the back door to him. Though she was dressed, her long, fair hair was still in pigtails, the way she wore it at night. She looked like a tall little girl. You weren't long. I hadn't got far. Oh, Lord, darling, there's something pretty ghastly up there. A girl, and she's dead. I found her lying among the foinmen. It occurred to Lynn fleetingly, to be gone in a moment, that most men would have broken such a thing more gently to their wives. She spoke steadily in her soft, low voice. "'What do you mean, dead, Stephen? Do you mean she's had an accident?' He shook his head. "'Her face is all blue and her hair's gone. Someone's cut off all her hair.' These days, when Lynn had a shock, it made her shake. No matter how controlled and calm she might sound, her hands would shake and sometimes her whole body... Her mother said it was all nerves, but what had she to be nervy about? Her body began its trembling. Oh, Stephen, no. Pretty frightful, isn't it? She's been murdered, strangled, I should think. I'd be willing to bet she's been strangled. Oh, Lord, now I've upset you. I'm all right, said Lynn. Are you going to phone the police? I certainly am, straight away. I came back at once. I came back as fast as I could. Oh, Stephen. They were standing close, looking at each other. She put her arms round him and held him tightly. He allowed her to hold him, but it was an effort. He was impatient to act to get to the phone. She let him go. Where? the man on the phone said. It amazed Stephen how little local people knew of their countryside, their heritage, really. Those Simpsons, for instance, who knew the Foynman no better than they knew Stonehenge. Dada, who bragged he hadn't been on Vangmore these twenty years. At the Foynman, he repeated, between the ninth and tenth stones on the north side. Mm, The best thing will be for you to show us, Mr. Walby. You stay where you are and we'll come to you. Stephen wasn't having that. I'll meet you on the green. I'll be waiting for you on Chesney Green. While he was on the phone, Lynn's sister had come in, big-boned, yellow-haired Joanne, only nineteen and married six months. Her voice was as strident as Lynn's was gentle. I don't reckon I ought to have shocks like that in my state of health. Lynn was worried. I wish you hadn't listened. Come on, love, don't you know when I'm kidding? 
I'm going to dash back and tell Kev. Does Mum know? Stephen went out again. Joanne and her mother were talking on Joanne's doorstep. He didn't stop. He walked back down to the green and waited out of the wind on the churchyard side. Between the lich gate and St Michael's ancient oak door was the Tay's tomb, white marble, black bronze, and Giacometti's agonised angel with wings like fishbones. Stephen leant over the gate, waiting for the police. The square tower of the church was built out of the dun-coloured limestone called Foinstone, and so were all the cottages and Chesney Hall itself. Long ago, it had been quarried out of the deep pit called Namba Hole. You could see Namba Foyne from here, a bleak mass of rubble rising out of a plain that was grey, smoky-looking, with the leafless boughs of ten thousand little birch trees. Clouds shadowed densely those southeastern parts, but the north and west were broadly lit by the sun. The higher hills gleamed in sunshine.